welcome ravenous readers and culture consumers to Bohemian Geek Studies, the place where nerdy knights gather together and ask, where has Bohemian Geek Studies been? Today, it is my pleasure to tell you, dear listener, that each week we will be covering two areas of content we care about. Join us for Matilda Mondays, where each week we will drop a new episode on our mischievous gal. Then, each Thursday or Friday, we will dive into Clone Wars Season 7. We thank you for your patience and hope you are ready to finish Matilda with us and travel to a galaxy far, far away. Until next time, keep geeking out with us on Instagram using Bohemian Geek Studies and on Twitter, handle Geek Studies. We don't have a hashtag yet, so feel free to reach out to us via email with a cool hashtag, a cool picture of you, a thought or a question you have written out or by audio recording or text at bohemiangeekstudies at gmail.com. That's reach out to a geek at bohemiangeekstudies at gmail.com. We hope to give participating listeners shout outs in future episodes. Most importantly, please tell friends about BGS and have them join the fun. This announcement is accompanied with an introduction into another one of BGS's team members, Flo, who is going to be absolutely instrumental to us moving forward. So without further ado, take it away, Flo. Wands up and keep those pages turning. everyone, my name is Flo, and I am friends with our wonderful hosts of Bohemian Geek Studies. A little bit about me, I'm a mom, I teach first grade, I am a big, big geek, <laughs> and so today I thought I would come on and tell you my reader of book story. I was nearly three when my mother, through nightly phonics practice, succeeded in teaching me to read. This was not done in tiger mom fashion to give me a leg up on my peers or from any desire to get me into the best preschool, but rather in my insistence, my stubborn desire to want to read alone, to take what had been a communal pastime in my home and make it a solitary and nearly religious experience. That was in Paris, France, 1993. In 1995, my parents packed my little sister and I up and moved our family to Northern California. Having had the world of the written word open to me in France, I'm sure it was difficult to have it closed again so quickly upon arriving in a foreign country. But after just a few months, my English was nearly as good as my French, and reading followed suit. We had a rule in my house. We'll always be open to buying books as long as you read them. We never had a ton of money growing up, but the library I was building in my bedroom was pretty impressive. I spent many rainy afternoons alphabetizing and categorizing my books, creating checkout systems, and writing summaries. There's a reason I was asked to be on this podcast, Bohemian Geek Studies, everyone. My friends were also all readers, and as we grew up, our pastimes revolved around the books we read, especially those that held intrigue for us, like a series of unfortunate events and Harry Potter. <laughs> We wrote fan fiction and made complicated family trees. We memorized names and dates and facts as though these worlds were real and we had a stake in the outcomes. And of course, they were and are real to us. We learned patience by waiting for release dates and learned urgency as we devoured the books in one sitting, often reading through meals and car rides. I even have a memory of my best friend and I reading on a ski lift in Lake Tahoe. On trips, our suitcases had more books than clothes, and we struggled to keep them under the airline weight restrictions. I was introduced to Roald Dahl in third grade, when my English teacher, Mrs. Brooks, read The Witches to us. 
This was the first scary book I had ever experienced, and it hooked me immediately. How miraculous that a young child could have overtaken a gaggle of witches. It broadened my horizons, and I quickly headed to my school library to see what other books Dahl had written. It was then that I picked up Matilda. As a child, Matilda was in many ways a role model, a smart, bold girl who overcame a difficult family life to thrive and create her own family. While my family was nothing like the Wormwoods, I was a bit of a sullen child and teen who felt things deeply and often retreated to my bedroom. Like Matilda, I found solace and escape in the books that lined my walls and in the plans I hatched in the moments between. But Matilda was braver and wiser than I, unafraid to challenge authority and cause mayhem. <laughs> in many ways, I was and am much more like Miss Honey meeker and more hesitant, afraid to ruffle too many feathers, and in part because of the role that Miss Honey played in Matilda's life, I too decided to become a teacher. As a teacher of young children and a mother to a toddler, my reading of Matilda has changed since my original interpretation as a third grader. I even have more empathy for the Wormwoods. After all, what parent hasn't plopped their child with some food in front of the TV for just a minute of rest? And for all his faults, and they are many, Mr. Wormwood worked hard to support his family, probably coming home tired and ready to crash. Mrs. Wormwood, looking back, probably wanted a different life, one more exciting and free of the strings that tethered her to a ghastly husband. Perhaps she had to let go of her dreams too early and found escapism in bingo. In Matilda the Musical, the opening number is about Mrs. Wormwood not wanting to have a second child as she's giving birth to Matilda. Trapped in a world with little education and few opportunities, Mrs. Wormwood deserves some of our sympathy. On the other hand, the abuse that Matilda suffers at the hand of her parents and Miss Trunchbull is unfathomable to me. I cannot imagine a world in which I don't read bedtime stories to my two-year-old Charlotte or snuggle her even as we watch TV with the aforementioned snacks. It boggles the mind that the Wormwoods would not feel extreme pride in their prodigious daughter as I feel in my less magical but equally amazing one. As an educator, Miss Trunchbull is a character I see too often. And while no one I've met has a chokey, Many teachers and administrators torture students in other ways, through daily microaggressions, a refusal to update curriculum to match the diverse makeup of classes, and, worse of all, through a lack of love. Teaching is a calling, and an art, one of the greatest honors of my life, but we do not teach students. We teach Lana, and Ollie, and Sienna, and Jack. In other words, we teach distinct individuals that require differentiated curriculum and a diverse spectrum of care. Miss Trunchbull is the epitome of the system, one that has a mold, a quiet and subservient one, where questions are met with ridicule and creativity is a dirty word. Miss Honey, in contrast, sees her students, appreciates their differences, and encourages their individual passions. While she must maintain a facade of teaching, as we say, to the test, in the private confines of her room, she creates an oasis where students can be who they are and were meant to be. There can be no greater role model for me than one who takes on the system with daily rebellion in the quiet of a classroom, full of love and light. And so, I read Matilda nearly every year to my first graders in the hopes that they too will take on the mantle of a brave and brilliant young girl, one who loves learning for the sake of learning, one who challenges authority when the system is rigged. It's my hope that this book can be a window and a mirror for them to see their own courage reflected back, and to explore the magic that resides within them. And as Matilda the Musical so aptly reminds children, sometimes you have to be a little bit naughty. 
So cheers to you, reader of books, be you children or young at heart. Here's to naughtiness and bravery and magic to last us for always. 